0: So the big question is this, how can runners like you who aren't professional athletes or paid sponsored runners avoid injury and increase athletic performance to enjoy running race events for the rest of your life without wasting money on trends or using dangerous painkiller drugs? That is the question. And on hashtag run podcast, your host, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio gives you the answers. Hello everyone, and it is Jessica Marie Rose Leggio here from Run Pain Free Academy. Please make sure you follow us at Run Pain Free underscore Academy and at Run Pain Free on Instagram. Thank you for listening to our podcast brought to you by the Run Pain Free Academy. Today we're talking about something that we've been talking about for years here at Run Pain Free, and that is stability shoes. Before I get even further, I wanna just point out that I said shoes, and do any of you run in shoes? Let that be a question you repeatedly ask yourself for the remainder of this podcast. Let's get to it. So stability shoes, which is what the community calls it, are, in my opinion, an epidemic of running injuries. Why? Well, that's because as a biomechanics injury correction expert, I have spent over 80,000 hours in correcting athletic injuries. And the number one issue that I've had external as a cause for running injuries are stability sneakers, period, bottom line, nothing is gonna argue with me about it. I will squash any argument quick, fast, if they try. And I have years and years and years of videos, footage, blog posts, and commentary and, event, and events that actually say how much and how long I've been talking about this. Here's the issue. There is a bit of a history and a cycle that has led us to where we are now in 2020 with stability sneakers being almost cult-like, if you will. Um, Someone who wears a stability sneaker, maybe it's you. You literally swear by it. And I don't understand that. I, I don't understand it. If you're someone who's riddled with aches and pains and consistent reoccurring injuries, I don't care how small they are or how much you are allowed to ignore them, the fact that you have any reoccurring injury is a problem. And what our goal here at the Run Pain-Free Academy is, is to really explain to you what your body is saying to you and that long distance running is basic human function to an extreme with velocity. So if you're running in pain, you're actually living in pain. You just don't feel it until you push yourself to that extreme where you're making your body express itself. So this is why there's a cycle that I need to explain to you to give you a history to kind of map this out so you understand better. So here's the thing. Many, 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 many moons ago, runners started running and they would just get up and go. They would just get up and run. They used very little itty bitty um, sneakers that had like nothing to them. And everybody was running with no problem for years and years and years and years and years. And people started getting, you know, overuse injuries. So like calf strains, foot pain, ankle pain, shin splints, all that kind of stuff. And they would go to podiatrists and the podiatrists would be like, oh, you're a runner. So you run on your toes. First, false belief. First, you can write that down. This was the understanding podiatrists had. And so they were like, well, you need more cushion. So get a thicker sneaker. And in the very early years of running, there were no thick sneakers. There weren't any thick sneakers. And... It, um, following the Run Paid the Academy, you will see even more footage of this um, if you listen to our events, if you have come to an event, if you are in the Academy and you're getting any kind of um, webinars from us or video footage from us, you'll see that there's actual pictures we've put out that show the lineage of sneakers and early on there was no thick old big dookie sneaker. Okay, that was the case. Um, But so it became a thing and I'm giving you a history. So it became a thing. So people, runners were getting more and more foot, ankle, lower leg pains. And so podiatrists were like, oh, you need more cushion. And so that kind of fueled the market of the sneaker industry, which is how Actual products are made, guys. There's a problem and you solve it. That's how you create products in this world. So there was a problem. Runners are running with foot and lower leg pain. The sneaker industry was like, oh, we can solve that. Let's make big dookie sneakers. Um, and so the thickness of the, soles, of the soles started to get thicker and thicker and thicker. The the This problem started to cause lack of mobility in the foot. The thicker the sole got, the less the foot worked. the the less the foot worked, the less the ankle worked. The less the ankle worked, the less the hip would work. And that created much bigger injuries. However, people were so hyper-focused on their foot pain, shin splints, calf pain, foot pain, like bottom of their foot pain, that it was totally ignored that up above was actually getting injured because they didn't feel anything on their actual feet. So now you have a sneaker that's basically masking a whole bunch of problems that your body was expressing to you. And this was misconstrued by a podiatrist saying, oh, if you have foot pain, that must mean you need cushion in your sneaker. When that actually was just your body expressing to you that it didn't friggin' like what you were doing and there was issues up in your knee, in your hip, in your back, in your shoulders that you weren't addressing. And it was screaming that to you. But since podiatrists are not biomechanics, they're not mobility experts, they do other great things, which is not mobility, their limits come out in that way where they're like, oh, let's just get more cushion and shut it up. No, and this can be understood if you have ever been to a doctor with any kind of pain, their first, almost first reaction to any and everything is stop doing everything, rest immediately, go lay down, stop moving, don't do this, don't do that, and here's a pill. <laughs> it's literally comical at how much that is the almost the immediate response to m- to most problems from most doctors, okay? So again, I'm not saying anything you haven't heard. You just haven't put it all together yet when it comes to running, and it's the same thing. There's a reason why doctors do what they do, and there's a reason why people that I do do what I do, because they're very different. So when you break down the science of the body and how the body expresses dislike of mobility, dislike of physicalities, that's expressed in physical pain or enjoyment (laughs) if you feel really good you feel really good your body is like yeah let's go let's go if you don't feel good your body is like screaming "Ah, ah," and it doesn't that's what it does so your your inability to understand those two things is where you get caught up in a doctor's office and like don't know what what's happening and you get all these extra things that actually create more injuries because the moment you mask a problem It makes not only that problem worse, but it makes a whole plethora of other problems to start. And that I'm sure you could apply to everything else in your life. Whenever you don't deal with something, something else comes along and that thing gets worse. It's the same idea with your body, same idea. So I'm giving you this history to help you understand. So let's go over it. So runners were running. They were getting actual foot pain. They were going to podiatrists and to doctors. Doctors were like, oh, you're a runner. Let's put more cushion underneath your foot. That will be fine. That will that'll take away the pain. And so sneaker industries were like, yeah, let's make our billion dollar industry start now. And let's cater to all of these runners who, quote, have foot pain and make very thick, Dookie sneakers. If somebody wants to run, they're going to pay top dollar to run in whatever sneaker is going to take that pain away. So the thicker the sneaker, the less the pain, right? Yeah, I guess so. Okay okay, let's do it. And so the sneaker industry creates big dookie sneakers that the thicker the sole, the less mobility of your foot, less mobility of your foot means less mobility of your ankle. Less mobility of your ankle means no mobility in your hip and you create bigger, bigger injuries, but you're so hyper-focused at the bottom part of your foot. You don't feel that you're creating injuries because now your feet feel like they're on clouds. Get me? So now the billion-dollar sneaker industry becomes a billion-dollar sneaker industry. And now you have all these other issues that you don't even think is from running. You have shoulder pain. You have no idea that that's from running. You have hip pain. It's on the other leg than what you had your foot pain on originally, so that can't be from running either. And all of these pains are from the fact that you have this big-ass dookie sneaker on the bottom of your feet, disallowing your foot to move completely all while this is going on you're literally atrophying certain muscle and you're building muscle dysfunctionally in other places because you've now taken an external thing and put it on your body and locked up your entire biomechanical system. The domino effect that has to take place in order for you to move as a human being, you have now locked up, and then these sneakers are friggin' heavy. So now you have cinder blocks in the bottom of your feet. Although they have cushion, they're literally cinder blocks in the bottom of your feet. And again, remember, it's 2.2 pounds of pressure per step on your run. So you're literally, you're picking up your foot. So every time you pick up your foot with that weight on it, you're actually using your hip in a way that it's it's weighting, it's like literally weighted your foot it's weighted your leg so that over and over and over and over again is creating such a hip issue um it's not only the immobility of the of the of the actual hip joint itself but now because you have weight on the bottom of your foot that's how so many of you tear your hip labrums but you would never be told that by a doctor Mm -mm. Uh, most most stability sneaker injuries in men are torn hip labrums most of them it's different for women a woman will have um a woman will have knee pain first because of the angle of our hip to knees male to female is greatly different so men will actually go further and longer before it actually gets them to stop but by the time they stop they have torn hip labrums which is the the little cushion around the actual inside of the ball and socket of the hip. That's very painful. Now we fix them here at Run Pain Free. We have a whole course, top 10 running injuries that go over how to fix that. But you don't really want it, and you could prevent it if you stop putting yourself in something we all call in the running community, stability shoes, which is something I started this podcast on, and now I'm gonna go into it. Do you run in shoes? No. You wouldn't even think of running in shoes, would you? So isn't it funny how people actually refer to running sneakers as running shoes, stability shoes. Get into a stability shoe. You would never run in a shoe. So I I think it's insane how this is completely ignored. I was a podcast guest years and years ago and it was about feet, literally about feet. The whole thing was about feet and running sneakers. And I said, running sneakers. And she was like, oh, I think that's really funny that you say running sneakers. Everybody calls them running shoes. And I said, I don't know why. That doesn't make any sense. You would never catch a basketball player and say, give me my basketball shoes. <laughs> Football players are not gonna call their cleats shoes. It's not gonna happen. It's a sneaker. Like, and it almost conforms a narrative that allows you to be in a shoe that's really not something you should be in because well if it's called the shoe and it's running in front of it it creates this really misinformed ideology literally that that's okay and it's not okay your ass doesn't run in shoes you shouldn't be in shoes anything talking about shoes should not be on your foot you need a sneaker sneaker okay and so the fact that it's ignored is a first indicator that there's a whole agenda behind it there is a undertone of misinformation behind it and here at the Run Pain Free Academy we only speak truth we're gonna keep it honest with you so you stay honest with yourself so you can get yourself to stop being so injured and that's how this cycle and the history of the stability sneaker has become such a huge problem and in, in, in the running world and in injuries so the injury cycle of a, of a stability sneaker now, now that we understand how they got created and how the sneaker industry made big old bucks on it, let's talk about how there's a cycle of injuries with stability sneakers. And I will refer to them as sneakers, okay? Cause I do. Um, so, so, sne- so here's what's happening. So like I just said, when you lock your foot and your hip are synonymous in terms of movement, right? Right. So if you lock up your foot, you lock up your hip. So, If we understand the principles of your IT band, which if you don't go on over to the podcast, run painfreepodcast.com. Listen to the IT band podcast because that's where you're going to understand it. But the IT band is tissue. It's the thickest part of the fascia that's all over our bodies, all over our bodies. You got fascia on your skull, dude. You got fascia everywhere. Okay. So the IT band just happens to be the thickest part but it's the most specific band that holds us together right to left so i'm i'm never going to get tired of saying it take your hands right now put them at the bottom put them at your knee, at the outside of your knees go a little bit lower than your knee knee excuse me feel that bone at the bottom that's protruding out that's where your IT band is inserting draw a line all the way up the outside of your knee outside of your thigh up over your hip, spread your hand because that's how big the IT band gets there. It gets really thick and knotty and and fibrous, right? Over your hip, covers 80% of each butt cheek, goes across your lumbar spine, crosses at your T-spine, where your bra strap is, ladies, and men. I know you know where that is, and crosses over and attaches on the opposite shoulder. Every time your left shoulder comes forward, you pull on your right knee. So if you're trying to knee drive, your left shoulder is coming forward, the IT band is pulling across your hip at that point. If you have not only a sneaker that's disallowing you to flex your ankle, but now there's also weight on it, because remember, these sneakers are friggin' heavy. So there's weight on it and it's disallowing actual flexion in your ankle and extension in your ankle, which is push off. Push off power comes from right below that bone that is protruding outside your calf, right below your knee. Put your hands back down there, point and flex your foot. You'll feel a lot of movement underneath there. That's your soleus, that's your calf muscle soleus. You have two calf muscles. The gastrocnemius is the big bulb and the soleus is pressed flat underneath that that spreads out onto the side and it comes down the side. Those two, those, those calf muscles are what flexes and extends and it gives you the power for push off. But because your IT band is pulling up on that bone, not only from the hip, from the opposite shoulder, it's disallowing mobility at the knee joint, which is hinging and therefore the knee hinge doesn't send the signal to the muscles around it, like your calves, to fire, flex and extend. So if it doesn't get that signal, you don't have push off. Now you added to that a stability sneaker that disallows all ability to actually flex and extend your ankle. So you're locking it up from your knee down And then you're down there at the ankle locks it up at the hip. So there's a huge issue going on from knee, ankle, ankle to hip, hip to ankle consistently. Every step, every step, every step, every step. So what happens? Well, first you start getting shin splints because there's no signal coming from the knee hinge. The explosiveness of the knee hinging, the joint action, says, hey calf, I need you to flex and extend because I just hinged. Well, you're not able to do that because your IT band is pulling up on it because it doesn't like that movement. You don't have a functionality to actually support that activity of that movement. So the IT band is protecting you and being like, no, we're not doing this today. And so the calf is like, oh, fine. Anterior tibialis, which is the muscle outside of your shin. Can you come into play? That guy's like, yep, I got you, because for every one muscle in the body, there is a default muscle in the body, ready to take on the job of that muscle that's not getting the signal to work or can't work. Whatever reason, there's a default ready to go. For this case, the anterior tibialis, the outside of your shin, is the default for your calf muscles. That's how you get shin splints. Bright idea, head explosion, I get it. Wait, we're not done. So now, shin splints are never on the whole time, right? Right, they're on and off. So now the shin splint keeps going, the the anterior tibialis is going to the calf. Come on, come on, I need you to do your job. Enough now, I'm tired. And the calf's like, no, they still haven't foam rolled. I'm still protecting this knee joint because I don't want it to break. So sorry, we're not gonna give you the complete ability of functionality of this joint so you can have fun, calf. So we're not doing this. So the anterior tibialis is like, ah, forget it. Hey, Achilles, can you come on and help? And the Achilles is like, I got it. So now your whole run settles in your Achilles now you have Achilles tendonitis. Are you getting this following now? So Achilles tendonitis, all your all of your all of the run is sitting on that Achilles now. So guess what else? The Achilles has a problem because the Achilles tendon has the least amount of blood supply out of all tendons in the body. So now it's an overuse of a tendon that already doesn't have any blood supply and now you're asking it to work even more. You actually need blood flow for things to work in your body. So now, because there's an improper mobility of that tendon, you now have an itis because you're working it incorrectly and overusing it. So now that pulls and pulls and pulls, so you now you have the bottom of your heel pain. That stabbing heel pain is your actual Achilles insertion part. That's where it's inserting, that's what you're feeling. Guess what the Achilles actually is though, guys? It's your hamstrings. Tendons are what attach muscle to bone. The hamstrings come down the back of your leg, go into your calf and underneath your calf and form into the Achilles tendon that attaches it to the base of your heel. Your Achilles is your hamstring. So now you have a direct line of an injury all the way from the bottom of your heel, all the way up to your glute muscularly. Don't mention the fact that your joints have been jacked now this whole time. Now you've incorporated actual muscle problems that are going all the way up your leg. All because you decided to put on a stability sneaker. That's what that is. Make sense? That's the problem. When you break down things that are scientific and you understand what what your decisions as a runner are actually doing to you, Then we start to get somewhere. A, we get rid of of fear, which is the biggest problem for everybody. You guys feel pain, you freak out, that's fine. But at the Run Pain-Free Academy, we explain how it happens. We explain to you what the domino effect is, how things are triggered by other muscles and joints and signals and firing and All of that really matters. When you put on a stability sneaker, you lock this whole gate up. And so everything from the knee down is always your hip expressing itself, exposing itself. When you shush anything from the knee down, which is what a stability sneaker does, not only does it do it from you feeling it, but it actually does it from a movement perspective. So then you actually stop the ability to move. When you have ankles that wobble, guys, that's not a problem. That's your hip telling you, hey, I'm unstable. So if you're in a run store and they're like, oh, you got wobbly ankles. Oh, you roll outward. We're going to put you in a stability sneaker. They just shut your hip up from your foot. Your ankles should be moving because they need to learn how to stabilize so they can stabilize your hip. But if you have an unstable hip and you put yourself in stability sneakers, you're damn near breaking your hip. Literally, because now your hip can't express its instability anywhere. And so it loops back up to the hip and the hip can't handle it. So then you start to get shin splints, calf pain, calf strain, Achilles pain, Achilles tendonitis, foot pain, plantar fasciitis. Once you have plantar fasciitis, that is the that is the number one running injury. And it's the number one route from you having a stability sneaker on. Because after you get the Achilles tendon, once the Achilles tendon is pulling on it, then it goes into plantar fasciitis because it can't do anything else. That's the big ringer. That's the big, that's the literal route to getting plantar fasciitis. Shin splints, Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis. That's exactly how that happens. And it's all because you locked up your foot. And then you actually atrophied your muscles all in the lower leg but while all that was happening your hip was looping all that instability that it wasn't able to reveal and down below your feet should rock your feet should move and maneuver to get a stabling of the hip to be able to stabilize your whole leg and still move. If you lock up the ability to do that, you're literally creating real injuries way up top that you do not want. That is the problem because there's no movement in the sneaker, which leads me to our next point, the movement of stability sneakers. There's no movement there. If you're in a stability sneaker right now, or you're somewhere listening to this where you can grab one of these stability sneakers because I know you probably have one in your house. Somewhere, Someone next to you has a stability sneaker. Take it and grab it right now. Put one hand underneath the heel and one hand underneath the nose, the toe, and press up on both sides. Whatever moves is what's moving on you. If only the toe moves, guess what's only running? Your toe. All the rest of that sneaker that's not moving is literally doing absolutely nothing. So now you're flat banging your foot, you're literally landing flat. So I think it's funny how stability sneaker companies who promote toe striking, by the way, (laughs) um, talk so much crap about heel striking when the only reason why heel striking even came about is because stability sneakers lack movement. When you heel strike, which is normal human function, by the way, it's how you walk all day long, by the way. It's normal human function, but when you're doing a normal human function foot placement in a stability sneaker, you bang your heel and bop off the back and hit your toe and bounce off your toe like Prancer. How many of you have been out there running and see people run by you look like a reindeer? Doot, do doo, do, do. literally look like a reindeer. That's the stability sneaker. That's All they're doing is running on their toes, literally, and it's humanly impossible to sustain that over 10, 15 minutes. I'll give you 20 minutes the more athletic you are, but at one point, your body stops hitting both toes, and one foot hits toe, and one foot will either hit mid or heel, and I call that a limp run. When now your hips are literally jacked up, and there's no forward and back fluidity of your hips... One is going and they're like literally fighting each other at the same time. And so now you have a hip stress fracture, torn hip labrums, low back pain, sacrum problem, sciatica, uh, sacrum shift, um, torn hamstring, strained hamstring, IT band knee pain, shin splints, calf pain. Okay. That's how that happens. That's why the the majority of injured runners are toe strikers. (laughs) Because it's dysfunctional as, hell, as all hell. It's not normal. That's not how you run. You're not sprinting like Usain Bolt for seconds. Yeah, they run on their toes. It's called track and field. They're not running more than a couple hundred meters. You guys are running for hours. Hours. No one's. You're running over two hours. Bare bone, you're running over two hours. So why do you think that you would be able to do that for two hours and not be injured? The, the false beliefs that stability sneakers has created among this entire running community is exactly why there's so many people injured, literally. And it's run pain-free against the world, and that's right, because we can stand on our own two feet and say it all day long, but I do not get tired. Um, And we've saved hundreds of runners And we're going to continue to save people like you listening to this and then you're going to help the person next to you and make sure they get their feet freed up out of these ridiculous sneakers and start wearing sneakers that allow their feet to move and create mobility in their entire mechanical chain period because that's how you're going to stop and really be able to not only stop creating injuries but you'll be able to address the injuries you actually do have that your body already has on its own so you can actually fix that and feel better but the longer you stay in a stability sneaker the longer you're gonna not only be gonna be getting injured but you're gonna be ignoring other injuries that really do need your attention that needed your attention well before you put the stupid damn sneakers on okay so the mobility of the sneaker really does dictate a lot of these ideologies. And I say that word often when I talk about stability sneakers, plantar fasciitis, toe striking, because it's really created from a vicious cycle of an industry. So again, if we understand the history that doctors were like oh you're a runner you must you're running on your toes you need more cushion and the sneaker industry was like we got it let's make $300 sneakers tons of cushion everybody go into the sneaker and then runners don't believe themselves to be athletes they just want to get up and go run well no athlete gets up and goes does their sport they all get up and go to the gym first they work out first they prep their bodies first and then they go do their sport but for some reason runners really believe that they can just get up put sneakers on and go run that's not going to happen that's why you're all hurt like no other sport would do that and if nfl players which is the highest most severe injury sport out if they themselves literally plan for months to run a marathon it should tell you how seriously athletic a marathon is like it's there's so many things that you guys consistently ignore and you, you're like, well, you hate when someone considers a marathon. Oh, did you? You say, oh, you ran a 5k. Oh, you ran a marathon. You guys get really annoyed when people say that to you. So you need to apply that to everything. Like, if you know how big of a deal a marathon is, and you really need to start thinking about yourself as an athlete because that's exactly what you are. The difference between an athlete and an injured runner is the work, what you prep your body in, what you put your body in. Are you paying attention to what you bought for those sneakers? Are you paying attention to what the sneakers are going to do? Can they move? Do they move? Did they actually feel good? Did you run faster or not? Did you have hip pain or not? Do you have calf pain now? Did that happen? Like, think about it. Pay attention to what you're doing to your body. Did you foam roll? Then stop running. If you're not foam rolling, don't run. Like, go sit down somewhere. It's just ridiculous for anybody to think that they're going to run for hours on end and have to do nothing for it but put on a big ass sneaker. It makes no sense, literally. And again, it's become a such, it's such a huge community worldwide that there's so many people that really believe that they just can get up and put on a big old dookie sneaker and they'll be fine. And none of them are fine. All of them are in pain or they're hiding pain or they're acting like they're not in pain and they go home and they they say something else to 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 their significant other or to themselves. And at the end of the day, you really can run with no pain, like run pain free is an actual thing. So like, the more you understand what the stability sneakers have created from the terrible type of sneaker they are, to the ideology of toe striking versus heel striking, you'll start to understand like it's all hogwash, literally, you walk heel to toe. Are there people who walk on their toes? Sure. 1% of the population, it's not normal. And they all have like shin splints, foot pain, calf pain, tight calves, okay? Let's just talk about it. So everything, there's always an exception to everything, but normal human movement, guys, is heel through the arch to your toe, off your toe. So you really need to be able to use your entire foot. The fact that the word strike is so, it's so intimidating. You heel strike, oh, terrible, Here's heel strikers. And then they call toe, toe runners. Oh, that's funny. You literally look like a prancer like you're like 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 you look like a reindeer literally. And I don't know this is not you're not sprinting for an entire marathon. And I had a runner once tell me that he does. No he doesn't. There's no way you're sprinting for a marathon. There's no way. You're not doing it. It's humanly impossible and your heart will stop you before you think twice, okay? <laughs> and listen to the heart training podcast coming out in a few weeks because that's a whole other a whole other part to it. So You need to be able to have the ability to have your entire body mobile, biomechanics system all engines on for a sustained amount of time with endurance. That's going to come from using your entire body. But if your feet are disallowing you to touch your heel to the ground and roll through your foot to your toe, none of your biomechanics can get their domino effect signals to actually do that for you. That's why you're running in pain. That's why because you're flat slamming your foot and then bouncing off your toe in a stability sneaker. So it's okay for everybody to flat foot and then bounce off your toe, but it's not okay to actually go through your whole foot and come off of it. That doesn't even make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. It's just so stupid if you think about it. Just think about it. Go right now, look at your phone. If you're listening to me on your phone, go right now and go Google, go to YouTube and look up um, Just look up any stability sneaker. They have tons of YouTubes out there. And just look at some running footage. Watch them land. They're landing flat-footed. And then they're bouncing off their toes. But that's okay. But not going through your whole foot like I walk all day long every day. That's not normal. Well, if we understand and respect that long-distance running is basic human function over a long period of time with velocity, then wouldn't you need to make your basic human function stronger? that would mean walking heel through the arch to the toe that would mean running from the heel through the arch to the toe so that that mechanic itself needs to be built stronger there's actual muscle in your feet you need to build but if you put a stability sneaker on guess what you do you atrophy your arch so now you have no um you have no 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 muscle in that arch when you atrophy muscle it's very painful and what do a lot of you have arch pain And what do you all think it is? Plantar fasciitis. the, The plantar fascia, the strip of fascia, is definitely annoyed down there because your Achilles tendon is pulling on the back of your heel, 100%. But a lot of the pain you're actually feeling is arch atrophy. Actually, you've lost the ability to use the muscle in your foot. And guess what you do all day long? Use your feet. The hell kind of sense does this make? It doesn't make any sense. You have to think about it. You really do. And it's a vicious cycle. And I'm, I'm, an, I'm an entertainment marketeer. That is my degree, entertainment marketing management. I am trained to look through BS. I'm trained to look at it. So like, it's also the reason why I couldn't continue in corporate America because I'm too ethical to market things that just aren't right. I'm just not going to do it. So you're, you're, you're getting a lot of information. I'm also an expert and I'm also an injured athlete. So here we go. I I got days to talk about this. No, you cannot cannot tell me any different when you break it down scientifically, how we just did, how we have, and what we always do here at the Run Pain Free Academy, so that you actually understand what's going on. This is why stability sneakers are terrible. And they don't belong on any runner's, they don't belong on any athlete's foot, but definitely not no runner. Definitely no runner, literally. And then they're the most expensive sneakers on the market. Oh, well, Jessica, If you don't like stability sneakers, what shoes do you like? Nike Free Flyknit, period. No, not Zoom Flies, no, not the Epic Infinities because those are terrible. Nike Free Flyknit, years 2017, 2018, and I just cleared 2019. They changed the sole on 2019 and they changed the top of it, there's no laces. I'm also okay with a couple of the older models, any Nike free fly knit you can find from any model honestly is great, but those are the ones you can still get right now, 17, 18, and 19, those are the models. Because guess what you can do? Put your hand underneath the nose, the toe, and your hand underneath the heel and press both sides up and guess what happens? Both sides move, which means what? Your whole foot moves, which means what? Your hip moves. And if your hip moves, guess what actually gets to fire? That booty, that booty, that's the only way it's gonna fire. And the only thing everybody in running as running professionals, we agree on one thing, all running comes from your butt. So if all running comes from your butt, as a biomechanics expert, which means I'm an expert in the human movement and the study of human movement, I'm also a sports biomechanic expert, which is even more specific. So, I took biomechanics to a sport level, which means I know how to understand why an injury occurred and how I can get it to not occur again. So, if I take both of those expertise that I actually have, then I actually know how the butt is or isn't going to work, right? Right. So for anybody who would say that it needs to come from the butt and then build a sneaker that will never let you fire your glute just from the way that the foot hits the ground. Because when your heel touches the ground, that triggers your glute. When your toe touches the ground, that triggers your anterior tibialis, your calf, and your quad. Now, how many of you got big old dookie quads? All of you. Everybody listening to this this podcast right now has big dookie quads. Because you've ran on your toes for probably the majority of your life and or running running career. However long you've been running, you've been running on your toes. For the most part. Here's the sad part. Half of you were running properly to begin with and somebody told you to run on your toes. That's what's even more sad. Too many run coaches tell people to run on their toes. And I mean, I guess on some level I can't blame them because they're trained in track and field. And track and field is toe striking because you're sprinting. Well, that, that would make sense. But when a track and field person is teaching or coaching somebody who's about to run a marathon, they're in their wrong lane, wrong lane. Get into the lane of track stars, track and field people, hurdlers, meters running, long distance running and track and field. are not the same thing. So also pay attention to that. Who are you getting information from? Who's telling you what to do? Long distance running is a totally different sport than track and field, totally different sport. Different mechanics, different muscles, different muscle builds, sport specific training, everything is totally different. So when you train your muscles to do something for track and field, short little tight, mov- tiny movements, short spurts, and then think you're gonna go out into a course and run for hours, those little muscles fatigue real fast. And you all want to know why your lower legs tank by mile 10, because you overdevelop them in sport specific training for a totally different sport and then think that they're, they're, they're going, you train them. There's something called fast twitch and slow twitch muscle. We'll go over this and how to work out as a, as a marathoner, as a runner. But this is just a little tidbit for you. There's things called fast twitch and slow twitch muscle. And when one conks out, the other one comes in. And so you train short bursts of energies, anaerobic, short bursts, which is what speed work is. You're building muscle to only last for a short burst. Whereas when you are running long distance, you need your muscle to have strength endurance. Take your ass to some hills, go run hills for four hours. Then you'll learn what actual training for long distance running is, okay? So there's a difference. And when you put all these things together, you have to understand why you shouldn't be in a stability sneaker and you also understand why you've been hurt in a stability sneaker and how a stability sneaker is disallowing your biomechanics to do what it can do, let you be the fullest potential athlete that you have in you and then actually grow into different goals, do better, feel better and not be so injured all the time because that stability sneaker is locking you up. They don't belong on... Any athlete's foot, they definitely don't belong on a runner because a runner, a long distance runner needs to be able to run for hours on end with no problems. And stability sneakers disallow that entire mechanical effect to happen. The domino effect begins and ends with your toe in a stability sneaker. And that's why this is just, it's a big problem. It's an epidemic in my opinion. Um, Every problem you have in your body is you, you and yours alone. But the only external thing that can cause an injury is a stability sneaker. You lock up your whole gait, and I don't know where you think you're going without ankle flexion, push-off, knee flexion, extension, hip flexion, and extension. You're not going anywhere but to the doctor's office to get more stuff that's not going to help you, that's going to hurt you even more, more apparatuses, more external things, bandit- uh, braces and shots and this and that. Everything under the sun you're going to get is going to hurt you because the biggest problem is you have a stability sneaker that's never going to let you actually fix anything until you take it the hell off. I've had people come to me in Brooks it, to my, with my case studies and all the hours that I've actually done this. Brooks is the number one sneaker of running injuries it's the number one running injury sneaker to my data second is hokas tied for third is new balance and um asics i've had people come in and i have i refuse to work with them if they come in with brooks they need to get rid of their brooks or i'm not I'm not doing it. Why? Because I'm gonna hurt you by trying to fix you if you stay in in a stability sneaker, because I'm gonna get your biomechanics to actually work. But if your biomechanics can't work because the stability sneaker is locking it up, I can create a really big injury. So I honor the body. And if you won't come out of those sneakers, we won't be doing anything. It's that serious. It's that powerful. A stability sneaker is that powerful. So there you go. That is the ins and outs of stability sneakers. Stop calling them shoes because shoes don't belong on anybody who's doing anything athletic, specifically a runner. You run in sneakers, people. And please share this podcast. Everybody needs to get help. Let's get everybody you know running pain-free. RunPainFreePodcast.com. RunPainFreeAcademy.com. Have an awesome day, everybody, and run freely. You're listening to the Run Pain-Free Podcast, brought to you by the Run Pain-Free Academy featuring biomechanics, athletic injury correction, and conditioning expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review.